I know that spirit is right here, right now. And that spirit is everywhere. There is no place that spirit is not. And that divine energy shows up as love, as peace, as joy, as wisdom, as abundance, as courage. And so I know that I am one with this divine energy, this divine spirit. And just as this is true for me, this is true for each and every one of you. And I know, as we experienced this week and the coming week, that we were blessed and are blessed with the bounty and the abundance of God. And I experienced that love and respect as we honored our veterans this week. And I see its beauty and its growth and its power as the trees let go of their leaves and prepare themselves for what's next. And I feel and see its beauty and its love in the glorious sunsets in the sun shining down on me, in the crisp, cool mornings, in the just the, the knowing that winter is coming and the crystals and all the beauty that that brings. And so I know as the service unfolds that it unfolds with ease and grace and that the music just fills our souls. And I know that we experience community and love and belonging. And I know that we each have that courage to go boldly into the future. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for all that I have, all that I know, all that is. And I release this to the law and say with me, and so it is. Today we're going to talk about, ooh, how many people know what that image is? It's a dementor. It's a Dementor from Harry Potter. And a Dementor, in case you don't know, is an entity that comes and sucks all the joy out of your life and eventually takes your soul. And we all have Dementors in our lives, don't we? That if we give them the power, they will come and suck the life out of us and suck our soul out and all the happiness and joy. So today we're going to talk about the happy, happy theme of releasing our belief, the belief in fear and punishment. And why do we want to talk about that? We want to free ourselves from old conditioned beliefs. From what in in our teaching we call race mind, which is the group think that that we are raised in. A whole lot of us were raised in a culture that believes in fear and punishment. Have you noticed? We weren't, were raised, we are still living in 
a consciousness that believes in fear and punishment. And so since primitive times, people have believed in punishing gods. Punishing gods. God will punish you if you don't do it right. I won't punish Amy for me kicking over her coffee, though. And hopefully she won't punish me either. Dirty look, maybe, but not punishment. So think of, for instance, in the South Pacific, you know, if a volcano goes off, who causes that? The goddess? Huh? Pele, right? And so we have to do something to appease the goddess or the god. So we offer a sacrifice, sometimes a human sacrifice, sometimes a non-human sacrifice. But we have to do something to, to do that. We believe in God's punishing. And how many of you have heard that some people still do believe, you know, like when a natural disaster happens, oh, God's doing that because of this over here, right? And then we make up rules to appease or to make peace with the gods. We make those up, Right? hoping that somehow or other, if we do this or that, the gods will be happy. Anybody ever notice that happening? Okay. So what we want to do today is live in greater freedom, not fear. Breathe that in for a moment. I choose to live in greater freedom. Say that. I choose to live in greater freedom. See, freedom, not fear, is the agenda of the universe. The universe has only one agenda. Freedom of its own expression. That's it. There's no great plan that you've got to follow, and if you get off track, you know, some big guy in the sky, gal in the sky, whatever, is going to come and slap you down. There's just this, this agenda of freedom of expression. The universe is free to be itself and experience itself, as are we. That's the good news. The bad news is that we've all been trained to fear. Yeah? See, we're only born with two, two fears. Fear of falling, which is a really good life survival t- uh, fear, right? And fear of loud noises, which is a startle fear. That's it. According to scientists, that's all babies are born with as far as fears. Everything else, we got taught. We learned. Even spiders, yes, I hear that over there. Which leads us, by the way, to the good news. If we have learned and been trained to fear, guess what? We can unlearn. And we can train ourselves into freedom. We can train ourselves to live by faith and by trust in a universe that is for our benefit and for our good, whose agenda, only agenda, is freedom. That's the good news, yes? Wow, you're really excited about that, I can tell. (laughs) Thank you. We're going boldly for those who are, are uh, relatively new to our, our program, our, our theme for 2019, and, and we're kind of working up to it gradually. But on January 1st, we're going to be going boldly, so you might as well get a little more bold right now. So it's good news that we can live and, and learn freedom, which is our natural state, and unlearn fear. The only intent of the universe is that we have life and have it more abundantly. How many of you have heard that before? Some guy said, I came here that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Some, some guy. Ernest Holmes had a wonderful prayer that my, my prayer partner um, read to me this week out of the book called This Thing Called Life. It says, I know that spirit goes before me and makes perfect, plain, direct, and immediate my way. By the way, I would rewrite that. I know that spirit is already before me. 
and making perfect, plain, direct, and immediate my way. I rest in calm peace and in absolute certainty that all the good there is is devoted to my well-being, and I know this is the truth about everyone. How would that be to be in a universe, to be living in a universe whose only agenda is your good? Breathe that in for a moment. Whose only agenda is your good? See, because here's the kicker. You're, you're an expression of the universe, yes? You can't be anything else but. You know? And so if the universe is, an ex- is here for its expression of its own good, and you're one of that, then it's here for your good. It can't be otherwise, because otherwise it would destroy itself. If it's here to punish itself, since there's only one, I know some of us get engaged in punishing ourselves. I've, I've heard that. None of you here. But I've, I've heard that there are people out there who, yeah, I see the, the baseball bat or the mallet or whatever. <clears throat> I grew up in a tradition that taught mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. But the universe doesn't do that. The universe's only agenda is for our good. That's you personally. Take a breath. That's not the other folks over there. That's you. You're included in the universe, yes? Okay. And so the universe's only agenda is for your freedom and your good. And that's what we're playing with. Now, many of us, when we hear this thing about fear and punishment, we'll say, oh, I don't believe that stuff anymore. But our lives reflect something different. If we're not living our full, expanded self, here's the bad news. None of us are. That includes me. I'm not preaching at you. I'm just saying, acknowledging we do. Then our fear-based training that's very deep and thorough is still with us. Okay? So we're here today to take a layer off of that. Just a little layer. Would that be Okay? Just a little more freedom, a little more joy, a little more love in your life. Okay? So we have to be willing to look at the underlying beliefs of where that fear and that belief in punishment lives, as well as the places they show up in our lives. They show up in money. They show up in relationships. They show up in our health. They show up in our jobs. They show up all over the place. We can't pull out the weeds unless we see the weeds, right? So we have to, we have to look at that. Louise Hay, I think it was, said, you can't clean your house if you can't clean, see the dirt. Okay, So we have to look at it. We don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to, oh my God, how did this piece of dirt get here? How did that weed, what is the meaning of this weed in my yard? <laughs> what does it say about me as a person that I have a dandelion in my, we don't do that, do we? No, you take a screwdriver, you bend over, you pull out the weed, right? Okay, so it's the same thing here. Don't punish yourself because you believed in punishment. So we have this fear that, you know, one of our core fears is that if things get too good, the universe, we don't say God, we're, we're more enlightened than that. We don't believe in that big guy in the sky. But the universe will knock us down to where we belong, to give us a lesson. Breathe. See, the universe has only one word that it says back to us. Anybody remember what that word is? That's it. 
And so if I believe that the universe is a lesson giver, then guess what my experience of the universe will be? I'm going to have a bunch of lessons to learn. How many people love lessons? Unless you're young Sheldon, who loves homework and tests, or Hermione, who loves tests. You know, we have this thing about lessons. But the universe isn't a lesson giver. It's just being. And it says, okay, if you want to have that experience, okay, yes. Breathe. We're afraid if things get too good. We, we'll have to, we have to be good, whatever definition of good is, to please a capricious universe. If I just do this right, if I just say my spiritual mind treatment with the right words and the right feeling, then the universe will give me something. I hate to tell you, the universe already gave it to you a long time ago. Because it's all present right here, right now. All we ever do is just open ourselves up to where we can vibrate with that, open up to receive what already is. All the abundance of the universe, every form of that abundance, whether it's money, whether it's abundance of loving relationships, whether it's abundance of health, whatever that abundance is, it's already here. Breathe. Take that in. All we need to do is open up and align with what already is. If I'm not experiencing it in my life, I've got something blocking that flow. That's the good news, bad news. The good news is I can change and remove my block. I can change and remove my block. See, the universe, member just is. No agenda beyond freedom of its own expression. And all we need to do is to start to align ourselves with that. So let's see if we can do some shifting around this fear punishment idea. So the word fear, as it was used in the Bible, as it was translated in the um, King James Version at that point in time, the word fear had a different meaning than we think of it today. You know, we hear fear God, right? We've, a lot of us have heard that growing up. Sometimes we've heard it very recently. Okay, Fear God did not mean be afraid of. It was a term that was used for have awe, have respect, have reverence. It's not a thing to be terrified of. It's the same thing as, as, as working with electricity. I'll get to that in a minute. Jesus called this presence daddy. The Hebrew word he used was Abba, which literally means daddy. It wasn't even father. <clears throat> father. No, it's daddy. It's this loving, close relationship. He's trying to get the people of his time out of the whole idea of the judgmental, angry king. Ruler up there in the sky. No, it's daddy. Okay, I know some of you didn't have great relationships with your daddies, but think of if you did. Okay, what that would be like with a true daddy or a true mommy that you could just be that close and that loving with and that's, that trusting with. He, Jesus used stories like what's now called the prodigal son. I don't like that name for it, by the way. I think of it as the loving father. But the prodigal son, where you know the kid goes out and gets, takes his inheritance, blows it, ends up bottoming out, finally comes back to his dad. And his dad just, doesn't just sit there and go, well, <clears throat> I think there's some punishment that needs to be meted out here. You need to go work in the fields for 40 years to work off what you did. He doesn't do that. He buys new clothes. He comes running down the road with a new clothes, a new ring, and, and is throwing a barbecue party, block party, back at the ranch for the kid because he's coming back. 
And the kid sits there and goes, well, I, I'm, I'm so undeserving. And it's like, Dad says, oh, forget that. You're my son. Come on back. Let's go. There's no guilt. There's no punishment. There's none of that stuff. Jesus finds this, is confronted with this woman caught in the act of adultery, which at the time was, was, a, was a capital crime. It said the man and the woman were supposed to be stoned to death. By his time, it was just the woman. Mm-hmm. And he said, let the one of you who's without any sin cast the first stone. So he started writing in the sand. It doesn't say what. We, we, we hear, you know, he wrote their sins in the sand. It doesn't say actually in the story what he wrote. It just says he started writing in the sand. Here's what I suggest that he wrote. He started writing down the laws of Leviticus that he knew the people weren't following. The Mosaic law. I like to do that with some of my fundamental Christian. They don't stay friends usually. When they talk about that one in in Leviticus, that it's abomination for a man to lay with another man. You ever hear that one? Okay. And I say, oh, that's great. So you follow all the laws of Leviticus. How are your animal sacrifices? Because that's the first nine chapters, not verse, nine chapters of Leviticus. Do you have a place in your church for women who are on their period? Because that's the next two chapters of, of Leviticus and in your home, by the way. And then you know, of course, it also says that it's an abomination to eat shellfish and pork. But I don't see you beating the heck out of shellfish, you know, farmers and, and pig farmers or discriminating against them. So are you keeping all the laws of Leviticus or are you just focus on the one that you like? Okay. So I think that's what Jesus did, but he didn't condemn people. He didn't punish people. He saw them with love. He sits there and gives her some advice. He's like, don't do that again. But it's not a punishment. It's not a condemnation. So when we work with the life principle, we need that awe and respect, just like as if we're working with electricity or some other form of power. If you're working with, say, high-voltage electricity, right, you want to have a little respect for it, yes? Okay? Because it can be used for good or it can be used to harm or even kill us. So you want to have some respect for that. There's a fabulous quote in the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus is quoted as saying, if you bring forth that what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. What, you, what is within you? And what is within us is this life principle. We don't have to be afraid of it. You know, this is Marianne Williamson who reminds us that it's our light, not our dark, that we're afraid of. It's being truly successful and magnificent. This is what scares us the most. Oh, what will people think? What will people think if I really live in the magnificence and awesomeness of who I am? Say it with me. I am awesome. I am magnificent. And I choose to live more fully in that today. Mean it. Breathe it in. Let that expand you. So this, this thing that we're asked to be fear of, this God nature, this thing, is the life energy itself. And yes, we want to be careful how we use it because we can hurt ourselves with it. Some of us have. But there is nothing that punishes us. There are consequences for our actions. We do something and there's a consequence. Have you noticed? Okay. Every spiritual tradition teaches that what we put out comes back to us in some form or another. 
What we put out comes back to us. Not as a punishment, but just what I'm putting out is what's mirroring back because there's only one of us. And so whatever I'm putting out, we are punished by our sins, but not for our sins. By, and by the word sin, I simply mean mistakes. By not paying attention to what it is that's the highest and best. If you're like me, you've had a moment where you haven't lived your highest and best. At least one of those, right? At least one. Once. And so we have consequences because of that. We experience consequences. But there's nothing out there that's punishing us or saying, oh yeah, I'm going to get you for that. Now, why is all this important? Because spirit, this infinite presence, can't be known from our dualistic mind. Can't be truly known. I can know about spirit. I can read about spirit. But I can't truly know spirit from dualistic mind. And so I have to open up through the deep love that allows me to know spirit. See, I can read all about chocolate, right? But I can't know chocolate until what? I have a direct experience with it. I have a direct experience with it. I can't know spirit until I have a direct experience with it. But if I'm scared because I'm afraid of it and it's going to punish me if I do it wrong, can I really be open, vulnerable, and willing to have a direct experience? No. And so I have to release this fear and this belief that something's going to get me. That something's going to hurt me. And oftentimes we carry that. For a long time, I was ticked off at God because of my second marriage failing. It's like, that was a God experience. What, what, did, what, did, what did I do wrong? What did you do wrong? What the heck happened there? Okay? And I carried that around. Guess what? It wasn't God. It didn't have an agenda for me being married or not being married. We have to trust this universe to where I can truly, we can truly open and love and be that space of love, and be vulnerable, and be willing to experience it. Otherwise, we're just trying to obey it, we're trying to appease it, but we're not truly experiencing that deep love of the universe, and that we really are. See, if I, in order for me to love spirit, guess what? I have to love myself. When I'm loving spirit, when I'm truly knowing spirit, I'm truly knowing and loving myself. Myself. Because there's only one. If I'm afraid of it, I'm afraid of me. If I believe it's going to do something to hurt me or punish me, it's because I believe that I'm going to do something that will hurt me or punish me. Do I trust myself? How many of you know what I mean when I say we punish ourselves? I know that Buffy earlier did the, we, I, I call it taking the, the mallet or the baseball bat of life and beating ourselves up about it. I step on the scale in the morning and go, damn, I shouldn't have had that chocolate cake last night. I knew chocolate, but it expanded my consciousness around my waistline. Instead of just saying, I'm so grateful for knowing that piece of chocolate last night. And there's a consequence. And oftentimes it's worth it, yes. (laughs) So until we love spirit... And until we love our true, authentic self, we won't be able to to express and be and live as our true, authentic self, which is why we're here. You're here to be you. Nobody else is here to be you. You're here to be the uniqueness that you are. 
And that's wonderful. You're wonderful. Breathe that in for a moment. Look at somebody next to you and say, I am wonderful. Look in their eyes. I am wonderful. And so are you. That's the truth. All the other stuff we got fed, that's not the truth. You are wonderful. We are wonderful. We are God in form. Some people are getting really carried away with how wonderful they are. (laughs) And I'm not going to punish you. Spiritual practice for the next seven days. The first one is pay attention to your deep, subtle thoughts and feelings. Pay attention. You know, some people use things like a mind bell or a little hourly reminder. And just ask yourself when that goes off, am I living from joy and love or am I living from fear and a belief in punishment right now, right this moment? And by the way, if you say, oh, I'm just kind of neutral, that's fear. (laughs) Because if we're not living from our love and our joy... We're not living from our love and joy. And what holds that back is fear, belief in punishment, all that stuff. And so just check in. Just check in with yourself. Maybe it's the first thing when you wake up in the morning, once at, at lunchtime and once before you go to bed. But just have a, this week, just set yourself up with a check-in. What am I experiencing in this moment? Am I experiencing love and joy, fully expressing it as much as I can? Or am I in fear? And even if I'm holding myself back in the love and joy, I'm feeling a little bit of love and joy, but I feel, you know, people might think I'm really weird if I really fully express it. That's fear of other people's opinions, right? Okay. And then I might be chastised or put down or shamed or all that stuff. Am I living in fear? And don't beat yourself up for it, by the way. Don't punish yourself because you realize you're living in fear and punishment at the moment. Don't add to it. Just notice it. Just pay attention. That's all. This is the seeing the weeds. Because we can't, we can't notice when we're doing it and what we're doing and how deep it is until we just notice it. Not making yourself wrong about it, just noticing how deep the conditioning is. We all have it. We all have this disease. We all also have the ability to heal ourselves. And that's the second part of this, which is contemplate loving spirit and yourself. Spend some time just in that contemplation of loving spirit and of loving yourself. Just loving. No agenda, throw away the list of, well, when I weigh this much, get this to happen in my life, whatever it is. Not that. Loving yourself this moment. Right this moment. It doesn't mean you won't continue to improve your body or your finances or your relationships. Love yourself right this moment. When we come out of love, then things start to improve. And they stay improved. Deepen in a willingness to know the safety and trust in spirit. Deepen in your willingness to trust spirit and to know how safe you are in spirit so that you can be an opening for love to flow. Now, I'm going to give you a warning about these two spiritual practices, especially the second one, the contemplate love. Sometimes when we do stuff like this, it brings up everything in like itself to our attention. So when I want to go, you know, if I've been feeling betrayed by spirit or punished by spirit, and I start saying, okay, I'm going to trust spirit, the next thing I might experience is an experience in my life that looks like and will give me the occasion to go back and saying, oh, there, see, God just punished me for believing that. 
breathe. It's not the truth. There's a process that's known as chemicalization where our old thoughts and our old fears as we're trying to release them show up in our body. Okay? But as one of my teachers used to say, it's for the purpose of healing and release. It's so we can look at it and pull that weed. Oh, look at that. There it is. I'm going to pull that weed because I know that is not the truth, the capital T truth of myself or the universe. That is not how it works. So that's our practice this week. Pay attention and then contemplate love, spirit and yourself. You willing to play with that this week? Okay. Some of you will have wonderful occasions as you merge with family this week at the holidays and friends. Ram Dass always says, if you want to know if you're enlightened, go visit your family. And this is a great season to practice, to check in. Am I feeling enlightened today? So breathe and know the truth. The Spirit is with you and you're in spirit right now. I'm going to close with a quote from Ernest. He says, let us then approach spirit with awe, but not with fear. With a truly humble humble spirit, but not with any sense that we are unworthy. And certainly with no superstition. Let us approach it normally, happily, willing to accept it, glad to experiment with it, believing that as a result of our efforts we shall derive great good and a better understanding of the natural laws of life as they apply to the individual and our relationship to the universe. That's all we're doing this week, is we're approaching spirit with awe but not fear, with true humility but not a sense of unworthiness. Let's take that into prayer for a moment. Breathe with me. Take a breath. I know there is this one infinite presence, and it is good. It is a good that's beyond good and bad. It is a good that's a a rightness that is beyond right and wrong. It is that what Rumi talks about, out beyond ideas of right thinking and wrong thinking, there is a field, I'll meet you there. That field is spirit. That is this infinite presence. Beyond our dualistic mind thinking. It includes that, and yet it is more. This infinite presence is pure love and pure life energy, and its purpose is joy, its purpose is freedom. And we are one of it, because if it's all there is, there's no place and nothing in our lives that can be separate from that one. So we are within that, and that essence is always available to and as us. We are love. We are wisdom. We are this life energy. We are this joy. We are this freedom. This is our true nature. No matter what we do or don't do, whether we remember or forget, this is still our true nature. And all we have to do is shift and remember our truth. And so I speak my word that this week we live in love and joy, ever more fully expressed in ways that are appropriate, that are perfect for us, but that stretch us out beyond We climb that mountain and we keep climbing after we reach the top of the mountain. We can go higher in spirit because there is an infinite amount of high available in spirit. We open up to this flow. We open up to the magnificence that we are. We open up to how wonderful we truly are. And with great love, we share that. And for this, I give thanks for all the blessings and the good that come because this world can use a lot more love and a lot more wisdom and a lot more joy. And so we give this gift this season, this Thanksgiving season. 
We are grateful for all the physical bounty. We are grateful for the love of family and friends. But we are also even more so grateful for the spirit that is us expressing. And we say yes to it. And I release this word into a law that moves it into form and expression in our lives, a process that unfolds it perfectly, that it knows how. I don't have to figure it out. I just simply say, yes, I'm willing to be more magnificent, express more of my magnificence than ever before. And the universe shows up as that opportunity. And we say yes. And so it is.